0: Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's uh, It's been a week. If we're friends on Facebook, you know exactly why I say that. And if we're not, please do reach out and friend me on Facebook, Mike Pesto, M-I-K-E space P-E-S-T-O. By the way, welcome to the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast. I'm Mike, uh, which you probably already figured out with the whole Mike Pesto thing. Also on Instagram, Twitter as well, at Mike Pesto. On my socials, I've been pretty much keeping you up to speed as to what's been going on with my dad. And and really, with your indulgence, that's really all I want to talk about today. I try to give you a a bunch of stuff that has piqued my interest over the course of the past week or so. But I've come across things and I've talked about things on the air. And I hope you do listen to My Mornings with Mike Pesto on the new My 97.5 You can catch me out uh, every day of the week, but uh, to the bulk of my damage, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., you can listen online anywhere in the country with our mobile app uh, or online at my975fm.com, and I hope that you do. If you have, you heard me talk this morning about my dad, and I talked about my dad last week for about half the time that we had together. Well, I have some stuff, I will get to it maybe next week, but... Really, honestly, the the bulk of my passion and my time thinking about anything other than my life here at home has been thinking about my dad, and even my home life has been dominated by thoughts of my dad since last week. So let's back up, and I'll get you up to speed with what is going on, because I have let family and friends know that I have not had a chance to talk with personally who have been messaging me or texting me or emailing me or even calling in some cases. Um, It's one of the things I'm learning I love about Facebook that for those who are closest to the situation, my wife obviously, my sister, my uncle, um, who is my mom's brother, my dad doesn't have any surviving family at this point, anyone the same age as him or older. Um, both of my grandparents passed away when I was younger. My dad's two sisters, paternal twins, have both passed away. Their husbands have passed away, so he is what's left of the family on that side. And on my mom's side, my grandfather passed away when I was barely old enough to remember back. My sister, who's just a few years younger than I am, has no recollection of him at all. And my grandmother passed away a few years ago. Uh, only sibling my sister or my mom has is my brother, and he's still with us. So when he got wind of what was going on, he he flew out immediately. And um, you know, having family around has meant the world now that they're all here. My sister lives in Boston. She's now here. So everyone in that little inner circle gets the daily updates. And Facebook comes in handy because I've done some Facebook Live videos and some regular postings and with any friends of mine here in the South Valley, um, I love you all, but not quite in the inner circle of those who get the daily updates. So um, I want to give you this update as far as where things stand as of right now at this moment on Monday afternoon. And why I feel compelled to even give you a podcast. I I realize most people wouldn't want to talk about this in a forum like this, and I'm sure that there are family members of mine who may misconstrue where I am coming from and doing this this way. This is cathartic for me. This is... um, I haven't taken any personal time to, to even let myself deal with the enormity of what's going on. Um, and I hope to do that with this as a way of releasing a bit. So I don't know where this is going to go as we get into the emotional aspect of what's going on, but I want to give you the the nuts and bolts first, the facts of what brought us to here. It was... Week before last, I want to say it was like middle of the week from what my mom told me. My dad seemed a little out of sorts, Um, a little bit more fatigued than usual, a little bit of a glassy look in his eyes. Um, At one point, this must have been Friday. um, She really started noticing, you know, a little bit of a shaking from what I remember. And then Saturday rolled around and she suggests, you know what? You always feel better when you take a shower. Why don't you take a quick shower and maybe that'll make you feel better. So he took a shower and apparently my dad, my dad takes showers like I do in and out and 15 minutes went by 20 minutes went by and still no word that my dad was done with his shower and didn't call out to her nothing. But she opened the door into their master bath, and she couldn't quite get the door open, and then saw that my dad was there, half in and half out of the tub, and from what he had said, had gotten stuck. I asked my mom later if he explained how he got stuck, and she doesn't recall that he gave any indication as to how it happened, and she can't recall that she even asked But with what had happened previously the past couple of days, and even earlier that day, she immediately called the paramedics. They came out, they got him out, took him to um, a local community hospital, which is just south of Paso Robles, where they live, and checked him out there, and he was diagnosed with pneumonia. Okay, I mean, not great at the age of 81, but okay, it's a diagnosis, we can treat it, get better. So they treated it, he did get better to the point that they released him with medications and he was told, listen, you gotta, you gotta take these even when you start feeling better and I made my mom swear and f- f- as far as I know, they took the medications and I, I'm, I'll say that they did. They took the medications, that was not the issue at all. So when he first got home, things were better, progressively getting better. What's interesting with the the pneumonia diagnosis, when I hear pneumonia, I think immediately all lungs, (sighs) hard to breathe, wheezing, maybe coughing, but just that that pressure in your chest. He would never really had a lot of that. My dad has always been a bit of a shallow breather. Um, since he was diagnosed with um, a frozen diaphragm, I think it is. And, and that makes his breathing a little bit more labored anyway. So it's kind of hard to tell if he has pneumonia or is this just dad's breathing? Not exactly sure. So got him home, physical therapist came by because didn't say that there you know, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to have some physical therapy with this to teach some good breathing exercises to clear your lungs more often. And, and things of that nature. Plus, you know, with the uh, with the uh, pandemic, the epidemic with COVID-19, gyms closed at first. And then even when they reopened, my folks had not gotten back to the gym yet. They know they have to. And I reminded them, you know, I don't have a gym membership either, but we have sidewalks here in Mycelia. And I'm pretty sure you have them there in Paso Robles too. And they have the Salinas River, which is really not much of a river. It barely ever flows. But it's a nice little walking trail that's right in there. So I so said you could walk through your neighborhood, you could drive down to the riverbed and walk on the paths there. There are some great parks that are in Paso Robo's. Heck, you could drive to San Simeon and walk on the beach. You could go to Morro Bay. where They love going to Morro Bay. Walk on the beaches there. They're retired. They could go anywhere, do anything. At the very least, walk to the post office. They have one of those post uh, or one of the mailboxes that serves, like, the whole community, which is half a block up from where they live. Um, at the very least, make sure you walk to that mailbox once a day and get some exercise in. In fact, the doctor told him, my dad, before all this happened, listen, you know, I, I know you're older, 81, but let's get you back in a better regiment. I, I am asking you, carry your your iPhone with you wherever you go and you can track it with your iPhone. And if you don't know this, you can, you don't need an Apple watch or a Fitbit with most smartphones. They will track steps and distance. So just make sure you have your iPhone with you. I would, I'm asking you to get five miles, 10,000 steps in every single day, which is something I I push myself to do as well. Uh, And there are days I struggle doing it. There are times I, I'm especially on Fridays. It's a nightmare at the station with all the extra work that has to get done and in preparation for the weekend and sometimes commercials and some extra um, things that just have to happen. But I still make sure if I don't get it in with a, a lunch hour, I as soon as I pick up the kids from school or now that summer's coming, the kids will be out of school, um, we'll either hop in the pool or we'll walk around the neighborhood with the dogs, something to get that exercise in. I told my folks, just because the gym's not open, there's no excuse. You got it. You have to do it. Um, And hopefully they will now. So I'm guessing the physical therapist would have gone over and, and maybe established a regiment with them once he was back to feeling like himself. So physical therapist came over, gave him the assessment. Next day, started feeling off again. And they did tell him when they released him from that community hospital, they said, if you if you get a fever again of 101 or greater, you, you need to come in because if something's not right, we, we should have squashed the fever at this point. Okay, fine. So he started, um, having these shakes again and she checked his temperature and sure enough had the fever. So I got a text from my mom and said, dad's going back in the emergency room. And this was Thursday. So, I asked her, I'm like, do you do you need me to come? I'm, I already made up my mind, but I'm kind of gauging from her how severe she th- seems to think it is. And she didn't seem to think that it was all that severe. Um, but I immediately got off the phone with her and called my wife and kind of prepped her for what I was going to do. And then I called my boss and said, hey, um, dad's not doing well. He's back in the hospital. I'm going to take a few days, I'm guessing... At the very least, Friday and maybe Monday of next week, depending on what goes on. She's like, "Go, go, get out of here, go." I'm like, "Okay, thank you very much." Call my mom back. I'm on my way, and she, she didn't fight it, <laughs> so I'm, I don't know if she was fishing or not, but she she lured a son <laughs> to Paso, so I grabbed a couple things this time, which I didn't grab anything last time. I, last time, if you remember, and I think I talked about this last week when I saw the text that my dad was going to the emergency room. I was actually in Porterville at the time. I had was just taking a little drive to clear my head, kind of walking around downtown Porterville on Main Street when I saw the text. So I wasn't going to drive home at that point and then drive to Paso and go out of my way. I, would, I had the clothes on my back, and that was it. And thankfully, I had forgotten I did this. I have pajamas and some changes of clothes at my folks house in paso and i know i've got some things at my in-laws house in pacific grove and maybe at some point we'll we'll talk about that do you have changes of clothes at family members houses that you will sometimes visit on the weekends if you have family that don't live uh, in town or in the valley for that matter either but again we'll have that conversation at a later time so this time I grabbed a couple things, not a whole heck of a lot, basically more charging cables <laughs> than anything else. So I didn't have to buy any, like I did last time. I had to buy a charging cable for my watch. Cause again, I just ran. So I grabbed the extra cord. I grabbed a couple other things. And again, I knew I had toothbrush and toothpaste at my mom and dad's house. So, uh, I hit the road and I was there in a shade under two hours. And, um, by the time I got there, visiting hours were over. Now, when my mom left my dad at about nine o'clock or so, because by the time she got home, it was 9:30. So she was there for a good portion of that time. Um, my dad he was shaking more. I mean, his like involuntary shakes of basically his his arms for the most part, but you know, for the most part, well almost his entire body, but what was most obvious is Shaking from the elbow on down, kind of like a back and forth shake. I'm doing it right now as though you can see me, knowing you can't, but just kind of picture it. Um, and did that, but that was it. I mean, it seemed a little out of it, a little out of sorts, a little, a little groggy, basically. Um, kind of like when you first wake up and you're just kind of not all together there yet. That's kind of how he was. Um, so she came back to the house. Gave me the update and said, okay, we'll go see him in the morning. This is where it gets dicey. Um, We walk in and there's a nurse standing at his bedside. And he's looking up at her and she's, you could tell she's having a hard time communicating with him. She's, George, George, I'm here to do this. I'm here to do that. And he's not saying anything, just staring at her. This is, this is when I realized that there's there something bigger at play here. I walked to the corner of the bed. Um, so as he's lying in bed, he's kind of leaning over towards his right and looking right and up as she's standing over his bed in that general direction. So I walked to the corner of the bed and I put my hand on his leg and said, hey, Dad, we're here. And I swear, I, I, I thought he changed his focus and looked right at me. Again, not saying anything. And looked at me for a few seconds and then his gaze went right back up toward the, the attending nurse. And then, and then she walked away from that corner of the bed But he didn't blink, never broke his stare. He kept staring in that space where she was. And I walked over, and I realized, because I was about the same height as the nurse, that he wasn't looking at her. He was looking at this fixed point would have been, you know, Taller, higher than she was, taller than I was, and then even more so to the right. And wasn't really diverting from that fixed point. And I looked at my mom, and I I tried, and hopefully I didn't show how concerned, worried, petrified I was in that moment. And... My mama sat down on the bed on the other side and put her hand on his leg and started talking to him and didn't move, didn't give any indication that he had any idea that she was there. So I I told her we both, you know, without ever talk having talked about it, and to this point, we still haven't talked about it. This was Friday morning morning. Um, and here we are the following Monday. We really still haven't talked about what our thoughts were in that moment to each other. And I don't know that we ever will because it, it's, I'm sure our, our minds took us to a pretty dark place. But I told my mom, and trying to light, you know, lighten the mood a little bit and, and, and not think the worst. We don't know anything. We haven't talked to a doctor yet. Heck, this attending nurse hasn't said anything yet. She's still attending to him. Um, I said, mom, why don't you, you sit in the chair on this side, the side that he was looking on. So at at least when he, it'll give you a chance to maybe get his attention and he'll look at you. So she did. She got up and sat in that chair and the nurse asked us, is he usually attentive at home? I'm like, yes, (laughs) yes, this is, I'm like, this is not my dad. This this is not who he is. He is, um, he's quick and very quick witted and he's mobile and probably hates the fact that he's had a rocker or, or um, a walker this week, but, uh, is, no, this is, this is not, you know, cause she doesn't remember or didn't remember him from his previous stay there at the hospital. Um, so stroke, Nurse came in and I saw the little her name badge and then a little ribbon underneath it that said stroke nurse. I'm like, oh boy. Here we go. I'm like, what what's going on? So listen, I this is we don't know. We do not know what's going on. I'm here because what he's showing are signs of something going on neurological, which obviously. His vitals were incredible. He's always had a lower blood pressure and it was right in line with what it typically is like 114 over 60 something. I mean, it's that's normal for my dad. Pulse rate was fluctuating between, you know, upper 60s and mid 70s. In fact, at one point, With my Apple Watch, I tracked my pulse rate sitting down, his pulse rate lying down, and they were exactly the same. I think it was 74. I said, his pulse rate's good. It's it's right in line with what mine is. So everything looks good as far as his heart is concerned and everything else, what the hell's going on? And again, stroke nurse is telling us, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We are going to give him a CTA, which is a CAT scan, I forget what the A stands for, um, basically just analyzing the back of his neck and his head to see if there are any major blockages of the the two main arteries there. If there's an acute situation going on that needs to be addressed immediately, whether it be with uh, um, I forget what they call it, it was a, a nickname for this drug that you can administer someone and it it's like liquid plumber for blood clots. It would just clear it up immediately. Or if it was something they had to go in surgically and remove. So they had that one done first because they said that one's the most imminent. If, if there's a clot there, we we need to get that resolved in the next 24 hours. I mean, we've got a window here that if we can get it removed in that window, there may be some damage, but nothing that's irreversible. Okay, well, let's go, go, get them out of here and scan them so they did before the results of that test came back they also said we're also going to do an MRI to get a a better view of the brain itself to see if you know there's any damage that has already been done we got the results back almost simultaneously and no blockage with the CTA scan which good and bad news Um, bad news is that as quickly as they maybe have caught it. If that was the culprit, we could have had the clot removed and maybe things would be on their way to recovery at this point. They're not, by the way, which I would get to in a little while. Um, so that came back clear. So let's look at the silver lining. Okay, that's, that's good news. So there's no surgery required, but again, we're no closer to knowing what's going on. How about the MRI? Well, the MRI, and I'm, I'm warning all these fun things about medicine. MRIs, can show if there's an acute situation. Um, So something that has just happened in the past 24 hours. MRIs can also show if anything has happened in the past 72 hours. There's Apparently there's some distinction in what you see in the imaging between one or the other. Outside of 72 hours, say 73 hours and beyond, there's no way that they have of determining how recent it was. As I was told, it could have been 72 or it could have been 73 hours ago or it could have been you know, on his first birthday that whatever it is that we're seeing occurred. I mention that because they did see something in the frontal lobe on the left-hand side. Keep in mind, he was looking to the right. And it's also my understanding that whenever there's an injury on one half of the brain, it's the other side of the body that manifests it. So I asked the doctor that was on duty for that hall, that ward at the time. And I said, With what you saw, I know you can't tell me when it occurred, but let's let's assume for a minute that it happened seventy three hours ago. And I did find out that in some cases strokes don't manifest themselves with st- symptoms immediately. Sometimes there's a delay in that as well. So, so okay. So let's assume had the stroke seventy three hours ago. Took until just yesterday for that to manifest itself, and then this morning with him not being able to verbalize anything and looking off into space. Um, and we did have another. Key point with the timeline, the last time anyone got any information out of him whatsoever was at 7.30. One of the nurses came in. This was before visiting hours. Visiting hours were, I think, 10 till 6, uh, which we extended every once in a while. Um, but they they did not let us in early, but they did let us stick around late sometimes. Uh, So apparently at 7.30, the nurse came in and asked, can I have your name? Gave his name. Can I have your date of birth? Gave the date of birth. Asked some other information. Didn't give anything. Didn't stammer. Didn't stumble. Didn't kind of think about it and say, I don't know. Just didn't say anything. And she didn't think much of it because she wasn't all that familiar with him from his previous visit either. So she didn't know what his baseline was. I thought, well, I'm, I'm not concerned because maybe this is... This is who he is. We'll find out when when family comes in. And we came in and told him that's not normal. So at 7.30, he still had some issues, but still had some ways of communicating and was able to. So knowing with that window, um, I'm, I'm asking about the damage there. If it was 73 hours ago, does that explain what you're seeing with him leaning towards the right and gazing to the upper right. And he said, yes. I'm like, Oh crap. Um, I'm like, okay. To, again, think positive, especially with dad still in the room. He can feel these things. Um, and I, I know that, you know, the brain can be tricky, but the brain is also incredibly resilient. There are ways to teach the brain to work around issues. I'm like, okay. This is obviously, nowhere close to a lost cause if that's what this is, and we still haven't gotten the official determination because, again, I don't know when that damage occurred. Um, still wasn't getting noticeably better. We were, looking, we were, we were really fishing for positive signs. When he came back from the MRI, he was grunting, more as though he was trying to speak. You'd hear him, uh, uh, and the the best way I can think of to equate what it looked like to us, to my mom and I, and at this point my mom and I were the only ones who had a chance to get into them. At that point we were talking to my sister in Boston and talking to my uncle in Chicago uh, and they were aware of what was going on and you know, they were making plans to come out Um. But nothing was imminent. Uh, with my uncle it was, I found out. And as soon as he got the news, he was already booking a flight. And I found out the next day that that was indeed the case. Um, and I'll get to that catalyst of a story in a moment. But they, um, you know, with the grunting, we, we took that as a positive sign. Like, so it seems like he's trying to communicate. I don't know if that was a positive sign or not. At that point, you'll you look for whatever you can so that you're not bawling seeing you know, a vibrant 81-year-old who still does more around the house on weekends than I do <laughs> with with all the plants they have in their backyard and Pasarobas. They've got a lot of things on drip lines and timers and all that, but quite a few things aren't, and he's out there every single day with the hose Walking up and down this hill in their backyards at times, making sure that everything gets watered, everything is okay, nothing's going to dry out, and um and that's that's his passion now. And, and being retired is having the, the the neighbors envy the backyard for obvious reasons. They've got a great backyard, um, and this this is not who I'm seeing lying before me in this bed. So we. Um, the the nurse, the night nurse came in and said, well, we're going to transfer them up to the second floor because the second floor has a better ratio of nurses to patients. So here on this floor, it's, you know, four to five patients for every nurse. There it's like two to three. Um, and then once they got them up there, they made the determination, you know, it's probably best we actually put them in the ICU. We have a bed available. Let's put them in ICU. So they did. Uh, one thing that the night nurse mentioned is, um, it it could be meningitis, which I knew nothing about. Still, don't know much about. Um, but again, it's 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 another ingredient to the pasta. That is what's going on. Nothing official at this point now. So now we're hearing possible seizure, possible stroke, possible. Um, cranial damage. Now it's possible meningitis, you know, but still affecting the brain. So they take him upstairs. And, um, what was it? Wake up Saturday morning. And I hear my mom bawling. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard her cry before. And I go out to the front room and my thought is okay this is this is the first time that she's really been alone by herself she thinks her son is asleep uh, she was exhausted so she crashed the moment she went into bed now she's awake she's in the room that they start their day in They have this this great front room at their house in Paso where my mom sits on one couch my dad sits on the other and he reads the newspaper. And he swears that's news. (laughs) I keep telling. He has an iPhone, and I keep telling him, Dad, by the time it's in the newspaper, that may as well be an encyclopedia. That's history. You want news? There are apps on your phone. You can get local news, and for the most part, like Yahoo News, will also give you the national stuff. It'll also spike in. It can tell where you are in the world. Give you some local stories as well from San Luis Obispo or from Templeton, or from Paso, or King City, anywhere all up and down that area of California. No, he likes his paper. That's, that's fine, but that's that's how they start their day. My mom does her prayers, and my dad reads the paper, and you know they enjoy their coffee, and they start their day, and then they go on from there. So my mom is sitting there, and my thought was she looked over, saw the spot where my dad should be. He wasn't, and she... Lost it. Completely understandable. I would have done it long before then. But I, I walked up and I gave her a hug and she pushed me away. And basically, the, I forget the words that she said, but the impression that I got is that he's gone. Not that he's passed, but that their thinking was it was a very real possibility he may never be the dad, the husband, the uncle that we all knew. And she got that impression because of the last question she was asked um, before whoever hung up the phone said, so what, if, if it's not meningitis, what are your wishes for him? And the impression she got was, well, I mean, not want to say, what your mind take you where you think Ours went, and uh, probably not far off. And I wasn't there for the conversation. She just reiterated to me what was said. So I, I, I immediately said to her, "Our wishes are then we get him to a better hospital that isn't going to give up on him. That they're going to try more things because you've done as much as you can here at this little rinky-dink community hospital." okay enough with the minor leagues we need to get him into the majors so um, I said let's get dressed let's get down there let's talk to somebody Um, forget all this on the phone crap get dressed let's go so we get down to the hospital and uh, I should probably back up when we had talked to the night nurse and and we were told possible meningitis Um, my wife and I with it showing all signs of something being neurological. We had done some research online. Second best hospital in the country. Not just in the state, but in the entire country when it comes to anything neurological and neurosurgery is UCSF. I'm like that's where we need to go. Then they started talking about meningitis. I'm like, oh, now I don't know. Should we start looking up viral and bacterial hospitals? And I thought, you know, no, you know what we need? We need we need a Kirkland hospital. And by that I mean, and I use this expression sometimes, a hospital that, that maybe has a specialty like UCSF does with anything neurological, but they do everything really well. And and maybe I'm wrong in this assumption. And if I am, someone please do let me know. You can message me, email me, uh, pesto, P-E-S-T-O, at my975fm.com. Um, it's my... My gut feeling, my, my research, what what I, where I go with it is I, my thinking is that UCSF in Northern California, San Francisco, and Cedars-Sinai in L.A., Hollywood, those are your two best be-all, end-all, catch-all hospitals. Cedars-Sinai may be a little better when it comes to heart. UCSF may be a little better when it comes to the brain. But outside of that, I mean, it's it's a Kirkland hospital. They do everything and they do it all really, really well. So we said, hey, c- can we get him transferred to UCSF? And then we get the possibility of it being, um, um, I'm blanking, it, meningi- meningitis. Uh, and we're thinking, well, yeah, now we need to look up bacterial hospitals and, and viral hospitals. Like then, that's when I realized we need a catch-all. One that does everything well. Those are the two. We want one of those two. So when I was going to go in and talk to the doctor, I was going to say that. it's like, listen, we was, we was still want to push for UCSF. Well, before I even had a chance to say that, they told us that they had done a spinal tap on him and that the fluid that came out was milky, and it should not have been. It should be clear, and that there was a red substance there as well. She didn't say blood. But chances are that's what it was. She just didn't want to alarm us. I don't think. Um, she said, but it should be clear, and that that red liquid shouldn't be there either. Either so, didn't pass the pass the sight test. We still haven't put it under a microscope yet. That's the next step to find out exactly what's going on. But and then she said, you know, you sensed our our frustration, our worry, you know, not even. You know, we had heard meningitis the night before. And now it seems to be there's another confirming factor. She said, you "We are going to transfer him to UCSF." We, my my mom and I, could have hugged the the doctor <laughs> in that moment. Um, and no offense to that community hospital, but they they took it as far as they could. Um, it's the analogy that I used to my uncle. He's a huge baseball fan, as I am. It's like asking a Uh, a player uh, on the Visalia Rawhide, a low A baseball player to hit a grand slam in the world series for the major league team with one call up. I mean, that's, it's not going to happen. This this hospital is not prepared for this type of patient UCSF. I'm sure they see this every day. They're going to look at him and say, Oh, we know what that is. Take two of these and call me in the morning. It's not quite that easy as it turned out, but Um, That's where he needed to be, so that's where he went. So Sunday morning, got word. here's another thing. It was supposed to be a transfer on Saturday, but a bed wasn't available at UCSF yet. They're going to take him, but they didn't have a bed yet. Okay, because they wanted him in ICU right out of Jump Street. So I had to wait for an ICU bed open. ICU bed open. This was late Saturday. Cool. It was like 11 o'clock, I think, we got the call. Bed's available. We're going now. Sweet. We start getting dressed. They said, you know, we'll, we'll make the arrangements here. We'll call you back. Five minutes later, the phone rings. Yeah, it's not going to be tonight. Our ambulance company does not work this late. So it'll be 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we uh, we wait get little sleep that we got, but we knew we had a long drive ahead of us, so we forced ourselves to, to sleep through the night as best we could. Got up early, got the call that it wasn't going to be 9 o'clock after all. It was 8.30. They got there early because they realized that this patient needed to get up there, so they got him in and got going. Sweet. So he's on the road. We get on the road. We drive up to San Francisco, uh, find out because of COVID-19 restrictions that only one Unique person per day is allowed in the hospital. So that's my mom every day as far as I'm concerned. And, and I'm not there now. Obviously, I'm back here in Visalia. But if my sister wants to go up for a whole day at some point or my uncle, you know, let let my mom and all of them handle it out. As as we learned when we first moved here to Visalia in Portuguese, it's not my cow. <laughs> it's an, It's an expression that one of our old Portuguese neighbors used to say all the time which I'm liking that expression more and more. That's not my cow. They can handle who goes up. Um, But um, they, um, they did make a confirmation today that it is meningitis. It's bacterial meningitis. So it's not contagious to my mom so she doesn't have to gown up as much as we did previously when we went to see him. And There is a a very good chance of recovery from this. Um, They have him hooked up to equipment that if he has a seizure, they can then see if there was any damage done, but they don't believe that there's been any irreversible damage done to this point, which is a blessing like you wouldn't believe. Um, I may talk a little bit more about this next week because I've spent so much time giving you the the play-by-play. I'm not leaving a whole heck of a lot of time for the emotional side of what I've been going through. Uh, first of all, I want to explain to any of my family that may be listening to this and pissed off at me right now because I'm using this avenue to talk about this. It's who I am. Love me or hate me, this is who I am. There's one thing I learned long time ago, I will never, ever question somebody else's grieving, mourning, dealing with loss. It's, depending on the circumstances, the situations, how you deal with loss is like a fingerprint. You do not react the same way as anybody else on the planet. I'm convinced of that. This is how I deal with loss. Um, It's difficult for me, for whatever reason. I don't know why. It just is at times to talk with someone. But, and and maybe that's why I love what I do. I stand in a room for four hours every single day by myself, and I talk, and I hope people are listening. I'm doing the same thing right now, Uh, and I'm hoping, that you're listening and praying along with me for my dad but that's that's how I deal with this by talking my way through it into a microphone in the hopes that others hear it and and are moved by it and having that not exactly personal conversation and connection with them but hopefully still connecting in some way and if any of my family hears that they don't understand that sorry but you know So I'm wired differently than other people are because I'm sure most people don't deal with a situation like this this way. I won't question anyone else's dealing on it. Please don't question mine. That's all I ask. Um, No, don't want to lose them. Don't want to lose them. I prayed at some point this past weekend... Said God, you're going to get him at some point. He's yours. He's yours to take whenever you want. No one is questioning that. I, the, the last person who would question that. I don't understand your plan. I just know that you have one. I'm simply asking that this not be the way he goes. I don't want to have to lose him twice because I, I'm guessing after you know I've never um, had any direct contact with anyone who's gone through Alzheimer's but I would imagine it's very much the same, where you you lose them as a person because they're no longer who they were, which is where he is right now. He's not who he was. And then at some point down the road, you lose the rest of them. Um, I wouldn't be fair to him, wherever he is right now. And what, what tortures me is thinking of him as though he's he's in there somewhere. He's hearing everything, and is, he's, he's screaming with his brain to interact with us, but he just can't get his mouth and the rest of his body to engage in that conversation. And that kills me inside to think of him in that situation. And he may, I, I pray to God he wakes up after all this and has no recollection of where he is or what happened or any of it, and he thinks that it's last week still. Um, So I'll continue to try to, to process this with the walks that I take and talking in a studio by myself. And who knows, maybe at some point this week, I haven't done this yet, but maybe I'll knock out another podcast at this point, at some point this week, if I feel the need to do so. Um, and I hope that's all right with you. If you decide to give that a listen or not, it's, I mean, no offense. I, I love the fact that you listen, but if you don't, that's okay, because selfishly speaking, this is almost more so for me than it's for anyone else. And I hope you understand that. For any of my family or close friends that, maybe didn't realize this about me. Um, hopefully that gives you a little better understanding of me as well and just don't hold it against me that I'm wired a little differently than most people who want to throw their arms around one person and shun the rest of the world and not let them in. Um, you know, from previous podcasts, I'm all about letting you in and being as raw as I can with this particular podcast. And this about as raw as it gets for me. So I um, I thank you for letting me indulge you with this this week, and I pray I have better news for you next week, and maybe I'll give you more this weekend. In the meantime, uh, do follow me on my socials and friend me on my socials and get some daily updates as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk again soon.